This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up on today's show, have you ever watched those fishing shows where everything looks like it was easy, catching fish like crazy, things working perfect, or close to perfect? Yeah, well, it doesn't usually work quite that way. And we have an epic tale of meat eater behind the music, told as only Mandy Europe can tell it. She was out there with them on Devil's Lake last winter. The show is available on their YouTube channel if you want to check it out. And then take a listen to this very, very entertaining story. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. All in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Chuck Hassey of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, checking in with Mandy Urich. She is, of course, one of the most famous anglers in uh, Paul Bunyan Country. Lives in the Brainerd Lakes area, does all kinds of things, including star and television shows. And, and that's going to be the main focus of the show in a moment, Mandy. But first, uh, have you had a chance to get out and do any ice fishing lately? Oh, yeah. I Honestly, I've been out at least four, if not five, nights a week. Uh, the bite here has been really, really good uh, to the point where, yeah, I, I finally I was a little disappointed this week to, to pull off my big house. Um, <laughs> and, but the, with the temps being as nice as they are, I'm, I'm totally ready to, to start portable in it and, and, and being mobile. But, yeah, the crappie and walleye bite here has been phenomenal. I've heard great uh, reports from the Brainerd Lakes area all throughout ice fishing season. Some areas have had been tough to get to. I'm assuming that continues to be a bit of a problem. Here again, like you can be mobile anywhere you want with a with a snowmobile. Sure. If you want to t- try taking a wheeler, it, it's going to be a no go. I mean, even now with all the rain, it's it's cut a lot of that snow down. But I'd still say like sleds your best best route to go or hitting up one of those lakes that's already got pre-established plowed roads on it. Okay. Well, um, it's always fun to be able to get out there and catch fish. I mean, uh, and and if you're with people, it's even fun if you don't catch fish. But if you're just out there by yourself, you you probably want a good bite. Yeah. (laughs) It's even better when you get to bring people. I literally had the Super Bowl party in my fish house. Nice. Uh, Yeah, catching catching crappie and had a a bonus giant walleye to boot with it. So there's nothing more Minnesotan than watching the football game and fishing at the same time. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk more about that later, but we do have to get into the main topic of conversation today, which we promised a few weeks ago we were going to find out the truth behind uh, the the meat eater story. Now, last winter you went out with the meat eater crew. I just watched the uh, video a couple times, and I, I got to tell you, Mandy, I don't know what you're complaining about. It sounded it looked like a nice, lovely uh, several days of fishing with no issues. <laughs> 
Oh, the power of editing, Kevin, <laughs> is amazing. It, it, I, I know that for a fact, yes. <laughs> so what is the true story of this epic adventure you guys had on Devil's Lake last year? Oh, all right, I'm going to start with a little bit of the backstory. I, I'm sure people are aware, but not maybe not everybody. There's a lot that goes into prepping for these shows, like six, eight months out, uh, getting storylines together, travel together, you know, camera crews, production crews, lodging, all of that. So, honestly, this isn't the first time that I've filmed a TV show or an ice show, let alone filmed with Meat Eater. But this would be the first time that I was going to film with Steve Ranella from Meat Eater. So, mm-hmm. it's a big deal, right? So they'd reached out about eight months ahead of time, uh, asking if I was available to do an, an ice show and said, we want to do it somewhere in North Dakota. Shoot us some ideas. So I'm excited, right? I mean, as much as I love Minnesota, I am from North Dakota. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to put a bunch of show ideas together. And that's what we do, right? We shoot them, different species, different locations, uh, with storylines behind them. Some of them are biological. Some of them are, you know, interesting with the area. And for me, I really wanted to highlight the species that I grew up that that really <laughs> scream North Dakota, right? You can't go to North Dakota and go ice fishing and not fish for giant jumbo perch, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's just right there. So we put together some show ideas for perch, walleye, pike, white bass, and even threw in a kicker one, Xander. Oh. So people aren't aware, uh, North Dakota is the only place in North America where you can fish for Xander. And Xander is the European cousin uh, of our walleye. And the cool part about the Xander is it has the capabilities of growing much larger than um, our walleye. So okay. it's one of those rare finds that would be a super cool kind of a backstory with it. So I shoot them all these ideas and all the locations and the lakes and, you know, lodging this, that, or whatever. And the big part of this is, too, especially in North Dakota, is it's not like Minnesota. There aren't resorts everywhere, right? So you have to be very strategic. You can't just get a place. Because realistically, you got to have a heated shop. you got to be able to pull equipment in and fish houses in, pop-up, spa, everything, keep everything warm uh, and all this. So um, I shoot all these show ideas to them. Well, in this timeline, I find out that it's going to be myself, Steve Ranella, Cal from Meat Eater and Jay Seaman. So if people aren't aware, Jay Seaman is a unprecedented, very, very big deal uh, in Canada and in the U.S. He's a YouTuber and is the TV show host for Canadian Angle. So now I'm really stoked because I know Jay mm-hmm. and he's so good. So I, I started talking with him. He booted them some, some show ideas too. We're both excited. We're like Grand Slam, right? Like we're going to have a good pick of the of the crop here for things to do. We don't hear from them for like months. And now we're like two months out and we're both kind of like, oh my goodness, like we got to move on this because wherever we decide we got to do the lodging, plus we actually have to get out there and fish. Jay's got to come from Canada, you know, and I've got to come from, from Minnesota and we're going to have to spend at least a week, you know, if not more, out there pre-fishing, trying to find these fish and what's working and whatnot. Um, so finally, we get the production manager uh, on a Skype call, and we're, we're full of questions, right? Like, we're a couple months out. Okay, what storylines are you picking? Where are we going? This, that, or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're just going to surprise you guys. <laughs> I, I, that's not how I work, and I know that's not how Jay works, right? Like, the whole goal is 
to, to not only be on a good bite, but to catch good fish, right? And, and, and to be familiar with those areas, you, you can't guarantee anything in fishing no matter what, but you at least got to put the time and effort in there to say that, you, you know, you gave it your, your college goal. So mm-hmm. we're like, oh, okay, nope, well, this is just going to be a, a fun trip. We don't want you guys spending a bunch of time out here. We're going to take care of all of that. We'll let you know, you know, a couple weeks before the shoot, uh, where where we're going and where we're going to stay. I'm like, okay, great. That's just took a bunch of stress off my shoulders. So uh, we have the call a couple weeks before we're supposed to be in North Dakota. And right away, I'm like, hey, I don't know if you guys have looked at the weather forecast, but this is a no-go. Like, <laughs> no-go, no-go. And they're like, well, it's going to be cold. Isn't it always cold there? I'm like, no. Even for North Dakota, this is negative 37 to negative 57 with 30 to 50 mile an hour winds and ground blizzard conditions. I'm like, you can't film in this. I'm like, nothing works. Cameras don't work. Batteries don't work. Otters don't work. Side-by-sides don't work. Snowmobiles. I mean, I have lived through this before. This, it's, it's a no-go. A week later, it's going to be plus 30. So can we just push a week? And we don't have to worry about any of this. And they're like, no, we're on a tight filming schedule. We have to go. Oh, boy. I'm already nervous, and I literally packed three of everything. Uh, So they they tell us where we're staying, uh, where we're going, and just a real basic overview. So it's it's real tight-lipped. So I get everything packed up. Mind you, I'm bringing a full enclosed trailer and providing, you know, my snowmobile, all the pop-up shelters, the flip-over shelters, augers, all Eskimo suits for the entire cast and crew. I mean, so I am packed to the hilts. So I take off uh, to leave. We'll call this day one. Okay. It's a blizzard. (laughs) (laughs) It's a blizzard. Uh, So there was a couple other factors that happened with the travel, but the biggest one was it's a blizzard. I can't do over 20 miles an hour because it's complete whiteout. From Bemidji to Grand Forks, I did 20 miles an hour. That was it. I couldn't see to go any faster. So I, I get to Grand Forks, and it's almost dark, and I make the call that I'm not driving in the dark. That that stretch from Grand Forks to Devil's Lake is bad. In the daytime, I'm not doing it at night. So I let those guys know I'm going to stay in Grand Forks uh, and get up and be on the road in the morning. So I get up. I'm on the road at, at daylight. Give them a call, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll drop you a pin. We're going to be on the lake. I'm like, okay, mind my trailer is packed to the front to the back with boxes and gear and, you know, my snowmobile and all my stuff's at the front. So I, I, I get to the lake and I, I'm kind of giggling to myself because where they're at is about a mile from where I grew up, from my family's lake cabins. So I'm familiar with this area. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness. So I have to unpack everything pull out my sled, pull out all my stuff, repack the trailer, and then head out on the lake to find these guys, which realistically wasn't hard. They were the only people on the lake. (laughs) (laughs) So I get out there, and they're set up for for perch fishing, and it's blowing. I mean, and this is the nicest day of the shoot, and it's negative 37. So Jay had pulled some strings. And he had gotten a snow bear for, um, from a local guide to be able to put, like, the production crew and the camera stuff in there to keep it warm. 
So they've got that out on the ice, and they've got a bunch of, of flip-overs. So they're like, yeah, just uh, pick a spot. And I've, I've got my mapping units on my snowmobile. So I'm driving around with my lake maps open, pick a spot, set up, fish for a bit, and it's nasty. <laughs> so then they're like, okay, we're going to start filming now. We need you to jump in with Cal. So this is cool. I've never met Cal before. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's me, him, and a camera guy in an Eskimo flip-over 2600. So we're, we're fishing in there, and we're fishing for perch, and obviously we're catching fish. Bite's not great, and the size is definitely not pre- representative of what you go to North Dakota, especially Devil's Lake to fish for. But we get through it, and then they're like, okay, uh, we want to do a transition. We're going to go fish walleye at dusk, and the spot that they're going to go fish is only a couple miles from where we're at. And I also knew that spot. So I was like, oh, cool. You know, yeah, I, I got some idea where to go. So we head down that direction uh, and get set up. And for this portion of the shoot, I'm going to jump in with Steve Ranella. So I'm like nervous, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's finally here. I get to fish with Steve. So we get set up. Uh, we start fishing. We're making small talk. And the wallet bite was actually really good. Uh, the size wasn't great. I will say this. He lost an absolute giant at the bottom of the hole. That one, I can guarantee you, was a big one. Mm. But so we, we get through this, and I feel fairly good. And I'm like, hey, guys, we got to get off the ice. Now it's after dark, and the temp's really dropping bad. So we get everything packed up. Well, I'm on my snowmobile. So I, I could just head back to the access, you know, get all my stuff loaded up. And I'm there, and I don't see any lights. They're not coming. Mind you, they've got two side-by-sides, and the snow bear. There's no lights. And I'm like, this isn't good. So I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling, and they're like, uh, we got we got issues. So I get my sled out, I go back. Well, rubber gaskets don't like negative 54-degree weather. They ended up not only blowing up one side-by-side, but the second side-by-side and the snow bear. Oh, no. So they are leaking coolant everywhere. Everything's overheating. They're filling it as fast as they can and trying to get back to the access. And it's just, it's a debacle. And it's pitch black and it's blowing and it's cold. And it takes like two hours to finally get back to the access. Get everything loaded up. And they're like, okay, you know, head towards the the next pin, which is where we're, we're staying. So... Mind you, it's literally on the other side of Devil's Lake. Oh. It's 40 miles. <laughs> so all I want at this point is a hot shower and something to eat. So we we head back that way. Uh, and we get to the AK cabin. And mind you, it's two trailers in the middle of Timbuktu with no shop and very limited parking. I've got a huge enclosed trailer on the back with all of this gear. And I'm just like, oh. So we get there. I start unloading stuff, uh, bringing, like, all the electronics and stuff in so it stays warm overnight and we can charge them, this, that, whatever. I go out to help the the camera guys, and I look down, and I'm like, uh, guys, you got an issue. They're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, your tire, tire on your trailer is gone. So they had blown a tire that was hauling one of the side-by-sides oh. on the way back, didn't know about it, completely shredded the tire. So now, mind you, no snow, or snow bear, no no side-by-sides, and the trailer holding one of the side-by-sides now is a flat tire. <laughs> so it's like 7 o'clock, and it, 
that we got to get that trailer fixed because we got to get those side by sides into the shop in the morning to get them fixed because that's their only mode of transportation. I brought a snowmobile, Jay brought a snowmobile, you know, and those two side by sides, and then Jay had to drop that snowmobile snow bear back off too to get fixed. So we literally have no mobilization at this point. <laughs> so <laughs> that's day one. <laughs> this is the first day. And uh, so they're, they're going through everything. They, they send somebody to town to get a tire for the trailer. I can't even imagine. They had to unload everything, fix the tire at like 10 o'clock at night, negative 50 degree weather, load all that stuff back up. Again, that's day one. There is so much more to tell, and we will tell it next. This is Mandy here, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson's ratings up on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service and Fish House Rentals. Are you looking to plan your next ice fishing adventure? Well, look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is the place to be. There are over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji. Come drop a line at Becoming a Fishing Legend. While on your fishing adventure, explore the hundreds of well-groomed snowmobile trails that Bemidji has to offer. Don't forget to take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Bathe the Blue Ox. Bemidji, bigger fish and better stories. This is Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. Mandy Urich, my guest, she is telling the true story of the epic nightmare that was Meat Eater Devil's Lake. That lovely 22-minute episode you watched, that wasn't quite what happened. And we pick it up as you're still recovering from day one. So we make the decision we're going to swap some, some locations around because they have to take the side-by-side into the shop in the morning so we need something close uh that i can shuttle the camera guys and the crew back and forth me and jay can with our with our snowmobiles right we can't be taken off across the lake with nobody having transportation so we get the get the plan set up well get up in the morning get everything loaded and find out hey uh we're gonna have to make another change we have to bring cal in into the emergency room we're all like what's going on here you know, and they're like, oh, don't worry, you know, just precaution, we'll uh, we'll meet you guys out on the ice. So, okay. So this day two is going to be the shoot uh, now of we're going to spear. Have you ever tried to set a pop-up up in 50-mile-an-hour 50, 50 winds? <laughs> I haven't, no. <laughs> There's eight guys, and all eight guys are holding this giant pop-up while I'm trying to, you know, drill down the anchors into the ice. Plus, on top of it, cutting, like, the world's largest spearing hole that I've ever seen. I don't know how those guys do it out in Montana, but that was, like, four times the size of a normal spearing hole. Like, you could have lost a whole Chevy truck in it. (laughs) 
takes hours to even like get this set up because the lake that they chose actually didn't even have a lake map. So G oh, and I on our sleds are bebopping around, drilling holes to find depth. So I find a spot that I, I think is pretty good. He finds a spot that he thinks pretty good. So we set up two pop-ups. So I'm going to spear, spear with Steve Rinella. And because Cal's gone, he's going to spear with Chester. So Chester is one of the production assistants. So we got camera guys with us. We got, He's got camera guys with him. We're finally set up. Everybody's thawing out, you know, warming up cameras, batteries, et cetera, whatever. Decoy's ready. We're ready to go. Well... I might have told Steve how I really feel about spearing big pike, <laughs> which I don't like to do. I have no problem spearing a ton of picklers. I just breaks my heart. I don't want to spear a 40-plus inch pike. It's right. cool if everybody does that. It's just a personal preference for me. And to top it off, like, it, it, he came here to spear. So I'm like, hey, if one comes in, like, you spear it. I'm totally cool with that. Like, I, I love watching. It's like the best world of hunting and fishing combined. Yeah. So finally, finally, one comes in. He misses, and everybody's quiet. And <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, regroup, regroup. Um, we're talking about it. Camera guys are resetting stuff. They got underwater cameras, above water cameras. Another one comes in. He slashes it. Perfect shot. And to top it off, they got really cool underwater camera footage of the spear and the and the northern pike. It was actually pretty cool. Um, so now they feel pretty good that we've got that. They're like, well, this little little lake is also known for, uh, for walleye and perch. Let, let's see if we can get some perch since yesterday wasn't great. So we kind of uh, flip overs, and we we fished for a little bit. We caught perch and, and walleye there again. Nothing nothing to write home about. But this time, at least, I'm I'm on these guys. I'm like, we need to be off the ice before dark. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts like packed up and going because it's blowing. It's still zero visibility. So, yep, all right, we, we pack up. So, mind you, everybody's in pickups. And I've got my pickup with the big enclosed trailer because I've got all the gear. Well, it's North Dakota. There's no protection. It's been blowing 50 miles an hour all day long. We get to where we park at, which isn't even a parking lot, by the way, and every vehicle has like a three-foot drift around it. <laughs> wow. So we're shoveling out, you know, to even get to this dirt road to get back to a main road. And we're 40 miles from Devil's Lake. And the first two trucks, they bust through and they make it. I don't make it. Oh, no. And I've got this huge enclosed trailer with thousands of pounds of gear in it. And I'm stuck. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. So the production team's like, all right, we'll we'll call a... We'll call, call a tow truck. And I'm like, okay, well, it'll probably be an hour or so, you know, coming from Devil's Lake. So the camera crew hangs out with me in, in their vehicles, and we're kind of chit-chatting back and forth over the phone. And hour goes by, and I'm like, all right, guys, you guys need to head back. Like, you got to get your camera stuff ready for tomorrow. Like, they'll be here shortly. Don't worry about it. Two and a half hours went by. There's no tow truck. So now I, I'm calling everybody possible, and I'm like, i got to get out of here. Like, I, I got to get back. So a guy that owns the resort, Buddy, came out to pull me out. He got me out. Hallelujah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there goes another equipment victim, we'll oh. call them. He took his turbocharger out on his truck, pulling me out oh. of the snow drift. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah. So I, I'm not feeling real good about that. Um, finally, I get back to camp. And I, I walk in, and it was dead quiet. And everybody's standing in our cabin, and everybody's looking at the ground. And I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, am I going to get fired because I got stuck in a snowdrift? <laughs> you know? I don't know. And finally, uh, Jay just blurts out. He's like, well, he goes, I guess I'm going to be the one that to tell you. He's like, I think everybody else here is scared to give you the news. And I'm thinking, honestly, like, we're going to cancel or postpone the rest of the shoot for a few days, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, what's up? And he's like, Cal has COVID. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. It, and this sounds horrible, but to be honest, I had totally forgot that they even took Cal to the emergency room in the morning because it, it had been such a day, right? Yeah. With everything. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? So now I'm really thinking we're done, right? Like, mm-hmm. this isn't going to go any further. Um, and he's like, well, that's not the worst of it. He's like, since Cal was staying in another cabin with the entire production crew and all the cameramen, they all have to go back to Montana. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'll pack up my stuff and go home. I'm fine with this. And I'm like, oh, all right. So, uh, what, what, what's, what's, what's the plan? And I'm like, he's like, well, we're calling in new camera guys. They're going to drive all night. They'll be here tomorrow. Oh, gee. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, dear Lord, baby Jesus, can this get any worse? <laughs> um, and it did. <laughs> it, it actually got worse. So day four. This is by far the worst weather of all the days, which I didn't even think it could get any worse. It was negative 57. 100% zero ability and 40 mile an hour straight line winds with, literally with gusts over 60. I, I'm from North Dakota. I grew up there and I've never experienced anything like that. Uh, so the new camera guys are supposed to get there at about 10 a.m. So here again, they're like, all right, we're going to go to this lake uh, and we're going to fish this and we'll get set up and we'll have the camera guys meet us out there. So mind you, it's only Jay, myself, Steve Ranella, Chester and, and one of the production crew that's left. Everybody else has loaded up and went back to Montana. So I, I'm just like beside myself. We, we get out to this lake and I'm like, no. And I, I, I kind of had a snap and I'm like, this has been stupid. This is now dangerous. And I'm like, I'm not going out on a body of water that I do not know when I'm the only person that has any kind of GPS you know, equipment. We only have snowmobiles. We don't have any side-by-sides. We have no way to get people back and forth, and we are in BFE. I'm like, this is this is a bad decision. This is a no-go. This is, I'm saying no. So we kind of went back and forth for a while. I don't think they're real happy with my decision, but I, I just, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So Jay suggests, he's like, oh, what about this little bay in town? It's, you know, it's a, two minutes from the access. You can fish. It's protected. It's right in town. And they're dead set. They're filming. And I'm like, well, if that's the only option we got, I will agree to that because we are, we're in town. It's protected. Let's go. So we had 40 some miles into Devil's Lake and we get out onto this little bay. It's still negative 57. <laughs> it's still zero visibility and it's still blowing 50 miles an hour. 
So I've got my I've got my sled, and Jay's got his, and we're we're getting all the stuff out. The camera guys show up, and he, this poor guy doesn't know what's going on, right? And they're just like, "You're gonna go with her. Uh, you're gonna go with us. Uh, follow us out. We're gonna go try and catch white bass." So I'm like, "Yeah, okay, I know the spot. Like, let's go." So we get out there, we get set up. It's still cold, it's nasty, and there's like no bite. We sit there for like two hours, and so I, you know, Jay and I are, are talking back and forth over the phone because he's with Steve now in his shack, and I've got Chester uh, in my shack, and I'm like, we got to make one move. I was like, I, we can't make multiple moves just because of the weather, but let's make one more move. I said, there's a point back towards this access. I'm going to go fish that. He's like, okay, we're actually going to push out into the mouth of the bay. All right, good to know. So we make the move. It's horrible. Like, the poor guys are having to, like, walk behind my snowmobile as I putz along to the spot because you just can't see anything. Get set up, and I have never been so excited to catch, like, a 12-inch walleye in my life. Like, high-fiving, like, I just caught a 12-pounder. I mean, hooting and hollering, like, we got something on camera, right? <laughs> uh, it's starting to get dark, and so I called Jay, and I was like, hey, I, we need to be off the ice before dark. And like, now, let's go, in case we have to deal with any other issues. He's like, yeah, all right. So we're, we're basically packed up, except we're in my flip-over shack, right? So as soon as they get there, I just got to flip the top back quick and, and put the cover on. Everything else is packed away. They're, I can't, they're not coming. So I call them. They got lost in the snowstorm. <laughs> oh, no. The only GPS that they had was basically their phone. He didn't have graphs on his snowmobile like I have on mine that's running map systems. So they got turned around a bit, but finally they get there. We, we, we get off the lake. And him just like, oh, okay. Pack up. Head back. So we get back. Um, and here again, on unloading stuff. Um, and I walk out. <laughs> and the tire's blown on his trailer. Oh. And it's just like, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, so everybody's in there, and it's too late to, to go anywhere to get another tire. We don't have any side by sides. Now we're down to one snowmobile. And finally, like, Steve Renell makes the call that he's like, okay. Uh, no more fishing shoots. Tomorrow's going to be the last day. We're going to get up, and we're going to film a cooking show. Meteor's always famous, right, for, mm-hmm. for their their cooking episodes, which is really cool because not only does Jay have all this going on with his TV show and YouTube show, he also owns Catch and Cook, which is like a batter company for, for fish, and then has Slay Knife uh, Company, too. So it's a nice way to highlight his stuff. So we get up, we knock that stuff out, right? Like, we are done by noon. I'm like, all right, awesome, we're done. <laughs> I don't even think I packed, to tell you the truth. I think I just randomly grabbed stuff and threw it into my vehicle <laughs> as fast as I could. I'm like, let me out of here, I want to go home. So I say goodbye to, to, to Jay, and the cool part was, like, one of the camera guys they brought in is actually from Minnesota um, and, and works, I, I won't drop anything, but works for a, a well-known husband-wife team that does hunting shows. Oh, Okay. Um, so I, I, you know, I've met him before, and so he's gonna follow me back because he, you know, he only lives like eighty miles from me. So we're getting ready to take off, and I'm, I'm going out the door, and, and Steve meets me at the door, and I, I grab his hand and shake it, and I was like, 
Uh, Steve travels back to Montana. He pulls me in. He gives me a hug. And he goes, it's okay. You can say it. And everybody's kind of looking at us. I was like, say what? And he's like, I told you so. (laughs) And I started laughing. And I was like, well, I guess I don't need to say it. And he said, you know, he's like, I've done some pretty extreme things. He's like, we've had some pretty extreme shoots and hunts. But he's like, by far, he was just like, this was the hardest that we've ever done. And he's like, you did predict, predict everything that happened. And I was like, I told you so. And they were all <laughs> laughing. He's laughing too. He's taking this really good, right? Um, and he's like, all right. Well, he goes, how about the next time we go fishing? He's like, we do it on open water and somewhere warm. I literally turned around to everybody and I'm like, ew! And I pretended like mic drop and I walked out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I him, open the door, he went into my truck, and I was like, I'm I'm out of here. So, and this is like the condensed version, right? I wish almost that I would have had like a, a, a little camera going this whole time to to just get all these little inner details, because I, I know that I'm not giving the story justice of what a debacle it was. You know, even from like the place that we stayed at, didn't have enough beds. So, God bless Steve Renella, he slept on the couch five days wow yeah you know so that literally the rest of us could sleep in beds which was awesome but this is why you don't film fishing shows in extreme weathers i gotta tell you this is probably the most entertaining interview i've ever had in my life (laughs) and it's also the easiest interview i've ever had in my life because i haven't had to really say anything (laughs) what a story Oh, and, you you want an experience that broke someone's soul? <laughs> this is the shoot that broke my soul. I got to tell you, that 22-minute episode I watched doesn't look anything like what you just told me. <laughs> I know, and that's why I, I think it pairs so well, right? Like, what you see is nothing of what actually happened. <laughs> it, literally, Murphy's Law was in full effect, and if it could, could go wrong, it 100% did go wrong to a point of it just being so epic. I mean, it's so bad you can't make it up. <laughs> no, you can't. Wow. That's, uh, that is unbelievable. And, and you know what? That, your story, your interview here, that's longer than the episode ran. <laughs> <laughs> I know, which I, they, like I was saying, they realistically could have got a full hour out of that show, no problem, <laughs> trust me. Wow. Oh, yuck. But uh, also very entertaining. Well, I'm glad you're alive, first of all. And I, I'm glad you're, uh, you know, you didn't suffer such a, such a, uh, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Mental drain that you can't even talk about it. I'm glad you could talk about it. <laughs> To be honest, I think this was probably the best option because it's been 13 months. Yeah. Uh, I, I can laugh about it and I can tell the story for for all that it is, right? Like, it was just a debacle. Uh, I, if I was going to try and tell that story a year ago right after it happened, there probably would have been a lot of emotion and, and not funny emotion with it because I was still feeling pr- pretty, pretty drained and, and pretty shot down after that. I imagine you were, and plus there have been a lot of vulgarities I probably would have had to edit out, which I didn't have to do this time. <laughs> hey, I've been good, I think, eight years now, and I, I don't think I've had to be bleak yet. No, you haven't. You've been very good. 
Well, this was so long and so epic that I, I don't even have time to do a Fast Five with you. But uh, I'm going to have to hold these questions till next time. But do tell. I know you've got uh, you've got some time coming up where you're going to be hitting the water and, and having a lot of fun. So a quick, re- quick preview of what you got coming up. I love March, right? Mm-hmm. Like March, I'm, I'm heading north. I've got, I call it the Pikeapalooza. You head up to Lake of the Woods, tip up fishing for giant pike. I'm going to be heading to Ontario. From Ontario, I'm going to be heading over to Manitoba to chase big greenbacks. Then coming home here, we've obviously got, you know, good ice conditions. And then I'm heading south to do some open water fishing. So there's going to be a whole lot going on in, in the next month or so. And, and I'm super excited. It, it's go time now. All right, we'll be uh, sure to check in with you later and find out all about that. And uh, I will save these questions because they're good ones for the next time we talk for a Fast Five. But, Mandy, I really appreciate you opening up and telling us this story. What an amazing tale. It was uh, very entertaining and, uh, at the same time, pretty hair-raising, too. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you guys can enjoy it. (laughs) Mandy, uh, enjoy the nicer ice fishing weather you're going to be a part of and enjoy that open water warm weather fishing, too. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, that's it for this time. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We've got some great conversations coming up next week with Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service and Bro Brosdahl. Pop on in country.